So I want to bring this back to about 15 years ago in my own life. This is a very personal story today. Uh, I have never discussed this before. I've never talked about this in public. Quite frankly, I've never even talked about this in private. But there's something in me that tells me I need to talk about this today. And listening in on the conversation, she's going to listen while I tell you this is uh, Evangelist Elvita King. We'll get back to Elvita in just a moment, but she'll hear this story just as well as you will just now. So let me bring you back 15 years, please. So I was a very young married man, and I had two daughters. And most people may not even know that about me. But my daughter, uh, and, I, and I don't want to get into names or who they are, but my daughter was pregnant, and she was, I believe, about 20 years old. And it was a surprise that she was pregnant. And we knew, my wife and I knew she had big plans in life and wanted to do things. But this, uh, this uh, baby uh, pregnancy was, in many, it was unexpected, as in many cases, people find themselves with an unexpected pregnancy. And so the baby, uh, or this to-be baby, was unfortunately at the wrong time at the wrong place, if that makes any sense. And she made a decision my daughter did to have an abortion. Now, my belief in abortion, I, I, don't, I really didn't consider myself pro-choice or pro-life. I, I was pro-ignorant. And I really didn't know all of the makeup behind this. It was really her decision and my wife's decision. And so I really stayed out of it. I really didn't think I even had a voice in it. Well, she, she got the abortion. You know, this would obviously be my grandchild now. And this brings it back that long ago. And just recently when I thought, you know, I, something was move, moving in me to take up this topic of abortion. Again, I've never talked about this in a public or private setting. And I thought since we had Alveda King coming on, who really has experienced this firsthand in her own life, and is such a, she is the most powerful voice in the nation when it comes to abortion. And, you know, I've talked to Alveda before, but, you know, in understanding that, I just felt, you know what, I'm, I'm going to talk about this today for the first time ever. And I wonder what that child would be like today, what that person would be like. Again, this, this would be a child that's 15, 16 years old, something like that. I, I don't know if it would be a boy or a girl, I don't know. Talk, just talk. Because that's what we do here, friends. Malcolm Out Loud Talk. Welcome to the show. And I want to bring on to the show today with us Evangelist Elvita King. She's a pastoral associate and director of Civil Rights for the Unborn, the African-American Outreach for Priests for Life and Gospel of Life Ministries. Elvita grew up, as you all know, in the civil rights movement led by her uncle, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and her dad, A.D. King. She's a best-selling author with King Rules, 10 Truths for You, Your Family, and Our Nation to Prosper. She has a series of other books, and we'll have them on America Out Loud as well, folks. Now, I'm going to start, Alvita, and I I wanted to really talk about your personal story. And I don't know if everybody knows your personal story. I mean, it's well-documented. And one of the things about you is you've embraced your story, and you've used it in a way to change lives. And, And I find that very inspirational. But let me see if I have this right, and then I want you to take it over and tell folks when we talk about abortion and the consequences of it, 
let's and we're coming at this from a human standpoint this afternoon here we're not coming at this from a political standpoint friends so i want you to understand that now so everybody can hear this it doesn't matter what your political strife i just want you to hear this so if i have this right alvita your mom was naomi right my mother naomi king yes and your grandmother was bessie yes Bessie. So let me see if I have this right. Naomi and Bessie sat across from the Reverend Martin Luther King Sr. in his church office mm-hmm. in Atlanta. Your mom had almost aborted you, from what I understand, Elvita. Yes. And she was going to continue because she wanted to continue college. But her grandfather was able to convince her to keep the child. Now, as I read the story in the backdrop on this, A.D., Daddy King's hand, fell hard on the desk, the story goes, startling the two women, and he said, they are lying to you. That's not a lump of flesh, he pronounced, right? That's my granddaughter. She has bright skin, bright hair, and she's going to bless many people. Well, that quote just about stopped me in my tracks when I read that quote, Elvita. And I thought, wow, well, Elvita has gone on to bless a lot of people in a lot of ways. Now, imagine if she wasn't here. And by some, again, by a divine principle, she is here. And then we take this forward to your own life, Elvita. And if I could bring it to you to take it from that story forward. And that you yourself, what a lot of people may not know, you yourself had two abortions that were sort of erroneous. And when I read the background of Plant Parenthood, I can see now why you have the conviction you have and why you're so uh, you know, just inspirational and personal about every part of this when Plant Parenthood even comes up. But would you please tell us that story? I want to first, Michael, ask God to bless you for sharing your own testimony, your pain and your healing, and now the courage to just bring your story to the world. And that's just absolutely awesome to use the media and the airwaves to do that. In my own story, you told it beautifully and admirably, my mom had died, Naomi had been contacted by the birth control league that became Planned Parenthood. And they were telling especially Negro women then, young Negro women, black women, to uh, get sterilized tubal ligations and they were offering the dose free, that there were procedures for mysterious female ailments if you didn't quite know what was going on with your body because they couldn't say get an abortion back then. Abortion was illegal, but they could do DNCs for exploratory purposes. And anything that was in your womb that was causing you discomfort would be gone. And that's kind of what mom wanted to do. Her mother, Bessie, she and mom were members of Ebenezer Baptist Church under Dr. Martin Luther King Sr. And her fiance, my dad, Reverend A.D. King, of course, they were already engaged. She was starting to college. So Daddy King said, hey, they're lying to you. That's not a lump of flesh. That's my granddaughter, I saw her in a dream three years ago. She has bright red hair and bright skin, and she's going to bless many people. So today, here, I'm, I'm wearing my hair kind of gold and ginger now, but I still have that same testimony. I was tricked, like my mother almost was tricked by Planned Parenthood. I, I was tricked by Planned Parenthood. I had a local DNC in a doctor's office after the birth of my first child, and I went asked for a pregnancy test, which in those days was a rabbit test. I know that's related. But instead of him giving me a pregnancy test, he gave me a DNC because he thought I did the baby right then. That 
So he made the decision. He made the decision for you, Elvita. He he made the decision. He played God in a terrible way. Wow. And so I became post-abortive. He sent me to Planned Parenthood because many African-American doctors are, are during that time were being courted by Planned Parenthood. Some of the medical students, the law students, the business students, the preachers were getting scholarships from supposedly well-wishers that wanted to help them make a credit to their race. So they were putting them in school, selling them this secret agenda. Unfortunately, my OBGYN was one of those. And uh, I was introduced to Planned Parenthood, got pregnant in 73, third pregnancy, only one living birth, my firstborn. And in 73, Roe versus Wade passed on my birthday, January 26th. And uh, so later on in the year, I was having marital problems and had a young, young baby. I was already post-abortive if I got pregnant. And Planned Parenthood's advice was, oh, you don't need another baby like now, right now. That's a new procedure. It's legal. Uh, it won't hurt as much as pulling a, a tooth, and then your problems will go away. So that was my second abortion, third pregnancy. My pro problems did not go away. I, I did get that abortion secretly. I didn't tell the members of my, my church. I didn't tell my grandparents or my mom. My dad, of course, was already gone then. And so, as a result, I became post-abortive, very pro-choice for a while, and in the mid-70s, I got pregnant again, and my granddaddy, I mentioned to him, I said, you know, I'm going to get an abortion. By then, I was divorced. I was uh, dating a young man who had gotten pregnant, and that, that says a lot that I didn't understand abstinence and courting was better than just having sex and not being married, but that's another long conversation. But anyway, I was pregnant, I was gonna get an, an abortion, and granddaddy said, they're lying to you. That's not a lump of flesh, that's my great-grandchild. The baby's daddy said, they're lying to you, I'm a medical student, that's an abortion. That will kill my baby, and I want my seed back alive. I don't want my seed to be aborted, you see? So these two African-American men convinced me and gave me all the support necessary. I married that gentleman and we had five children together. So today I have six living children, two aborted children and one miscarried child because of the damage to my cervix and my body during the abortions, you see. So abortion is very bad for babies. It usually kills baby, babies almost all the time. A few babies do survive the experience, but that's rare. And then it hurts women. And sometimes now, Malcolm, the numbers are to the hundreds of women who were killed by legal abortions in America. Not back alley, not cold Legal abortion is killing America's women and leaving them with breast cancer and cervical cancer and all other kinds of health problems, even today. I want to bring it forward to talk about the legalization of abortion in just a moment and a letter, an open letter that you wrote to President Obama as well this past January as well, which I find right, very fascinating. Right. And you, you, you really hit a few nerves with me, too, in that letter that you put there, which I, I think you just have to be any sane person that's got two brain cells can read that letter, you open letter you wrote to Obama and totally get it and say, oh, OK, well, <laughs> you know, I mean, you just get it. You have to get it when you see this letter. And I'm going to read this to you in just a moment, folks, so you 
you understand. But before we do, Elvita, you know, I want to ask you, so right now with Roe versus Wade and all the talk going on with Supreme Court justices and so on and so forth, I want to understand the work that you're doing real quickly, real briefly, but I want to understand and have folks to know, is the goal to be able to turn that over to make abortion illegal again? Is that the ultimate goal? You're listening to the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. It's where we say, let the silent voices be heard. We invite you back to AmericaOutloud.com to get all the latest. Make it a daily stop and also get the app. You go right to the App Store and download our free app, and then we'll put all our content right into your hands on your phones and your tablets. It doesn't get any easier than that. Well, if you're looking to make a little more room in your home or your office, or you're looking just to get a little more organized, I want to give you a solution today. Closetsbydesign.com. I've used them in past years. They do tremendous work. They build closets out, food pantries, garage, you know, shelving in the garages. Uh, They do flooring, wall beds, organizers, all kinds of things. Check them out, folks. Closetsbydesign.com. Let me answer that first, but let me say this. The reason that you want to have this conversation right now, and I'm excited to join you for this conversation, it is the goodness of God that draws people to repentance. And in repentance, we can have these beautiful conversations, and there's really light at the end of the tunnel. Because just like you're having this conversation, we're having this conversation, people are listening, the lights are coming on for people all And we're seeing that there has to be a better way to serve people other than harming them, harming the mothers, sometimes killing the mothers, killing the babies. But there are beautiful pregnancy care centers and all of those kinds of things. Now, to answer your question, a pregnancy care center would make abortion unthinkable because you walk into a pregnancy care center or a birthing center, they're called that sometimes with a human trafficking victims that also need help when they're pregnant. But you go to the pregnancy care center or the birthing center and you say, I'm pregnant, I was raped, I was abused, I don't want this baby, I can't afford it, I'm not married, my husband doesn't want it. There are many, 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 many reasons that women will get to a place of having to think they must consider abortion. I know that for sure. So now Roe versus Wade says, ma'am, you legally you can have it. But pregnancy care and prayer and love says, but you don't have to have it. Exactly. So the goal, of course, in the process, you might want to overturn Roe versus Wade because it said that you couldn't tell what was in the womb, so it was okay to abort it. Roe versus Wade never admitted that that was a human being in the womb. So that needs to be corrected. Absolutely. But we want abortion to not be... A, a viable option, you see, mm-hmm. because it, although a woman can do that, she really wants love. She wants help. And right. a little innocent baby, right. my God, right. will never live if you don't allow the baby to live. Yeah. So we're not, yeah. the end game is not to overturn Roe versus Wade, although in the process that would be a good thing. 
All right. So I hear you. You you put that out there very well. I hear you loud and clear. I think everybody hears you loud and clear. But, you know, the, the thing about it is, Elvita, is that uh, I agree with you 100 percent. Education is the key. I felt coming into this talk today with you that education is the key to this entire conversation for everybody, for all Americans, for black Americans, for white Americans, for Asian Americans, for Hispanic Americans, for everybody. It's education. You agree with that, yes? You just said, you know, Acts 17, 26, the one blood God made everybody. So in this beautiful melting pot of America, here we are all human beings, sometimes having that same problem about have a baby or not. Mm -hmm. But since we are one blood and one race, not separate races, different ethnicities, we can work this thing out together, and uh, we can do it really without aborting babies. See, you, you inspire me so much in the way that you say these things. You, you really do. And the way you just put that out there is exactly how I believe. Uh, I believe the diversity of America is the richness of America and is the beautiful thing about life. And quite frankly, I, for me, I wouldn't have it any other way. I, I think this we are part of the movement forward, and part of the positive thinkers and really trying to bring this conversation uh, back to God's conversation and understand what the purpose of life is. So, which brings me to this whole abortion thing. Now, Elvina, I want to I share with you something here. When I started this conversation moments ago, I said to you, I said to the audience that, listen, all right, so Malcolm, I, Malcolm wasn't pro-life, he wasn't pro-choice, he was pro-ignorant. And that is kind of as a third no. column. What's that? <laughs> I just chuckled on that. Well, but you know, well, I just don't know how else to put it, Elvita. I honestly got don't. Well, you didn't know. That's true. Don't beat yourself up too bad because now you do not. Right. I I really didn't know. So this whole thing, being pro-ignorant, what that means. So my point is, you know, wow, there are so many things that become politically polarizing in this country. One of the things I admire about Elvita King, folks, is that she's able to take about any topic, including abortion and many, many others. And she doesn't really look to politicize it, which I so admire. She tries to humanize it. And for that, I just love you, love you, love you. And because that's my mission, Alvita, that you, you, your persona just totally connects with my mission in life. It's to humanize these things, not to politicize everything. So listen, it has always bothered me and irritated me that our political power elites make these things about politics and power for them to seek high office. I really believe that's what they've done with abortion here in a very unjustified way. And I'm talking about both the left and the right now. I'm talking about the whole political landscape, okay? Okay. I think they've politicized the entire topic so that it's such a negative topic. Like It's like today when I'm coming on with you, I almost had the hives. It's like, I'm going to talk about what with Elvita on the radio? A- abortion? I say, I, <laughs> you know, it's not even a topic I really want to talk about. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, don't, right, right. I don't look to this uh, topic today as like glee. Like somehow this is something like, this is something I just felt compelled. I've never talked about it. And I just said, you know what? I, if I'm going to talk about this topic, it's going to be with Elvita number one wow. and I gotta put it out there and I gotta tell them how this impacted my own life because it did okay I 
always feel we're being overly um, governmentalized, over-politicized, over... I, I just, I don't like all this government in the way. That's just me, Elvita, okay? Right. And right. so I kind of, I've never been one for abortion, n- not by any stretch of the imagination. I value human life. But I've also felt that I didn't feel that, that government should be in the way to tell people what to do in their lives, which, of course, the Republican creed takes that on, but they don't really follow it through in all honesty, Elvita. But, okay, that's their creed, okay? Yeah. yeah <laughs> that, yeah. you know, woman's right to choose in all this business. But I think it's a woman's right to be educated is what I think. I think it's a right for every woman to be educated, that there are options and and to be very careful. If you're going to go to the point of having sex, understand there are consequences in that, okay? And that unprotected sex, there are many consequences that come with it. Birth, baby, life is one of those. It's the biggest consequence that one could have, Elvita. Mm-hmm. So the, the Roe Wade thing and the politicizing it, my view on it, Elvita, is this. I don't think it matters. I, I hate to be so, you know, simplified on that. I don't think it matters. I don't think whatever the government does with it, I don't think it's going to change anything. Whether they legal it, unlegal it, whatever. And you know why? Because it really does come back to education. And you know why? Because even if they now take it off the, 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 the board and say, okay, this is not legal anymore, people are going to have it done at the black market then. They're going to have it done anyways, Elvita. They always have. Well, that's just such a good point. And in October 2015, my pastor, my senior pastor passed away. I'm a member of Believer's Bible Christian Church in Atlanta, Georgia. And he would often say the same thing. So that's why I say working to make abortion unthinkable and to give such loving alternatives that people more and more will begin to accept those. Now, you do have to do some legal work because there's some really bad laws in place some bad things being done legally in the name of women's reproductive rights and all mm-hmm. of that. Roe versus Wade is very deceptive because they never admitted that that was a human being who was being killed, taking away the civil rights for the baby. So we can't kind of just throw that away and pretend it doesn't exist. Education. But we all have to, Pastor said, we all have to do our part. Yeah, yeah. Education, education. Part, education is key. It's critical. It's crucial. I would agree. with Well, that. I think anybody, any woman that, again, is, you know, has a brain and I believe they all do uh, that, you know, you use that and you can figure it out. All right. I, I promised everybody to read this unbelievable letter that uh, Dr. Alveda King wrote this past January to President Obama. And here it is. And she writes, sir, you recently tweeted if there's one thing we can do. If there's just one life we can save, we've got an obligation to try. Your appeal seemed to be directed at gun control, yet the One Life cord is vibrating on a frequency that embraces not just victims of gun violence, but even reaching the innocent lives in the womb. Many people often try to marginalize the sanctity of life voice. Yet I would appeal to you to consider that death by forceps or bullets is death all the same. I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. They said, what is that to us? See to it yourself. Matthew 27, 4. Sir, Mr. President, we are trying to see to it, to see an end to senseless violence in every corridor. Violence can take many forms. Gut violence is one of those forms. Knife violence is another. Fist violence, word violence, bomb violence, and abortion violence is yet another, sir. As you spoke and began to tear up, 
I could see the compassion you have for those who are senselessly killed by guns. I believe that many Americans feel the same way you do, not only for gun violence, but for any type of violence. Americans mourn the lives lost to the Boston bombers. We mourned those killed at the Twin Towers in 9-11. And in closing, as you may know, I am a pro-life activist. I am concerned about all human lives. I write to you today because, like you and so many other Americans, I am concerned about the growing violence in America. But I am also concerned over the millions of lives lost to the violence of abortion. Wow. Malcolm, thank you for sharing that. And we have all of those open letters at civilrightfortheunborn.com. And you can sign on to any of those open letters. And as Malcolm has done, please print them, tweet them, share them, read them, do whatever you can to continue to get the message out that all human life is sacred from the womb to the tomb and everything between. I, I just totally embrace that. Uh, and as we are speaking today in 2016, and it's prior to the uh, upcoming of elections in America in 2016, and they're continually, life keeps popping into all of the conversations, and life should, the sanctity of life, as my uncle Martin Luther King Jr. would have said, the sanctity of the human personality. All of this is very, very important. I uh, noticed uh, there was one particular thing, the health care issue kept, has kept coming up in 2016 for the elections. And I think uh, Mr. Donald Trump has a health plan that says that uh, little children, regardless of whether they're adopted or biologically birthed or however, whatever family units they are living in, should have adequate health care and medical care. And the question came up, well, what about the homosexuals? Isn't that wrong? Isn't that sin? And then I brought in the abortion question. Uh, well, it's wrong to abort babies, too. But at the end of the day, an innocent baby has a right to safety, to life and protection. And we cannot be distracted over into arguments, legal arguments, and even the moral, true, morally true arguments. And, and leave the basic element is that the human baby in the womb, is a human personality. If you don't believe, listeners, that they have personalities in the womb, look at some of these three or 4D ultrasounds. They are doing all kinds in the wombs of their mothers. And you could see uh, when they're born, they're repeating some of those same things that you could see in the womb. So life in the womb is very, very important. The old people, the sick people, the elderly people, the poor people, no matter what your ethnic group is, no matter what issues you're dealing with in your life, the human personality and the dignity of such is covered in John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, that whosoever will believe on him won't perish but have everlasting life. Well, if we abort the babies, you know, that's part, that's coming against the beautiful gift of life. But the good news really is there is light at the end of the tunnel. And Malcolm, you've hit on it. Education is so crucial. Once people get the truth and think, they see the light. I mean, that's just true. But it is amazing that you're ready to talk about this right now. 
Well, I was moved to do it. Uh, uh, this wasn't my plan today, Elvita. I wasn't looking forward to really having the conversation. I was a little worried about it, quite frankly. Um, I was fine to be with you, but I was worried about the conversation. And I was also concerned with uh, what I take the step forward and tell that personal story up front. Yes, in yes. the, I wasn't sure I would do it, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, but I want to tell folks, I want to read a quote from you. And this is very interesting, this quote. You say some very powerful things. I want to tell you, I want to suggest after this uh, conversation you and I have had today, we need to now, I am so, we all should be blessed by your work, your life, your movement, the things you're doing. You are such an inspiration. Uh, well, it's just a fact. And, you know, your people around you and the folks that help you, you know, you, we should, we need to get your name in. After I read that letter aloud and I read your things, your quotes and the movement and the passion, and education and everything behind this. We need to have you up for a Nobel Peace Prize, Elvita King. Oh, no. That's we, okay. no, we no, need no, to no. get your name in there for a... You, you are really... Oh, you are. You should get a Nobel Peace Prize for the... Well, you just... I mean, just read those letters. And, and But oh, let, me re, let me share this quote, quote with everybody here. And, and this is Elvita, the words of Elvita King again. And she says this. Sure, I spent a lot of sleepless nights on what we were going to call this show... You know, a lot of fancy names like any big-time talk radio show. You want to have a great name. So I looked at a lot of them, and I come up with a great name for you. We're going to call it Talk. Just Talk. Welcome to Malcolm Out Loud Talk. Thanks for listening. And imagine the pain she has gone through in her own life with the unfair practices of an organization that is supported, unfortunately, by uh, political leaders called Planned Parenthood. And we'll leave that thought there. It's politicized enough. The last thought I want to bring in my final thought with you, Alvita, is this. You said something else very profound that I, I would be amiss to touch on because I think it's really well documented. And this is strong. And you know, this movement of Black Lives Matter, I want to touch on that a moment. You had the most powerful quote I've seen on this. You said, if Black Lives Matter, then why is it that black women are more than five times as likely as a white woman to have an abortion? You said that uh, on a show. And the bottom line is this. Uh, you know, why, you know, again, you're, you're saying, why should we not get Black Lives Matter? Why should they not extend their protest to include fight and abortion? So in other words, if the real goal of Black Lives Matter, which we know they do, we, we, we all know this, then why don't they really put in the fight of where Black Lives Matter, which is abortion? Now, Elvita King, that is putting your money where your mouth is. It's such a challenge to speak fiercely on those points, especially in today's time, and especially as an African-American woman in the African-American community. Well, don't come and tell us all lives matter. Don't come and tell us blue lives matter. Uh, lives matter. Don't just talk to anybody. Just let us know do our lives matter. But when I begin to ask that question, yes, our lives matter. Your lives matter. Everybody's lives really do matter. But if black lives matter, why is Planned Parenthood, the abortion industry, so bent on aborting so many blacks and telling us that that's going to be our salvation? And it quiets the argument down because people have to start thinking about that. And so, like I say, but John 3:16, for God so loved the world, red and yellow, black and white. Ethnically, we are different, but one race by the blood, the human blood, and then the blood of Christ really equalizes that. So it's going to be important, even with the Black Lives Movement, 
come clean and be honest. And so if Black Lives Matter, stop the violence. Just stop the violence, period. In the womb, outside the womb, ethnically across every community, even with gun control, as you said, and, and in that open letter, I was reminding the president, people don't only use guns to kill. That abortionist scalpel does kill babies as well. So we've got to begin to love and care about each other. And I really do believe that if we allow America to pray again in the public square without all the arguments, to approach God, put America back to work, get the people killed that did not, not commit violent, hate-filled crimes and murders and that kind of things. Put everybody back to work, have America contributing to the prosperity and success of America. Bring the jobs back home. You know, in the old days when there was a war, bring the boys home. Well, now the men and the women in the military, military home, but bring the jobs home. And once we do that, we can still be this beautiful melting pot. And then we can really open up our doors to people from other countries and help. But we've got to help America first. In America, we need to stop aborting babies. There's over 60 plus million since Roe versus Wade legally in 73. So we've got to give some better options and have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness in America for real. I said to you when we all started, there was pro-choice, there was pro-life, and there was pro-ignorant. And now I want to add a fourth one to that. There's pro-education. So now there are four yes. tracks to this conversation. Pro-choice, pro-life, pro-ignorant, and pro-education. 